Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of 4D Sports. I'm Joe Deck. I am in Waynesboro. Brad and Dave are in Harrisonburg, joining me via the phone. So glad that you decided to join us. Um, first, we're going to talk about my trip to Stanton to watch the Waynesboro Generals and the Stanton Braves play way, way back on June 26th, which feels like forever ago. Um, that was a game that was a really um, interesting game. Waynesboro and Stanton were kind of back and forth. Stanton had a lead, and it looked like Stanton was about to walk away with this thing, capitalizing on an error that kind of sparked a big inning for the Braves when uh, the Generals had a throwaway from the catcher over the first baseman's head on a play that uh, was looking like a sack bunt, and then that turned into runs. So what happens is Waynesboro's coming up in the ninth inning. They're down 6-4. to four. And the first man up hits a single. Or I'm sorry, it was six to three. Uh, the first man up hits a single line drive. Uh, then Wes Clark, who is arguably the man you want to see least in that situation if you're the Stanton Braves, comes up. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if he gets on, Waynesboro might be able to pull this out. He hits an absolute screamer on the ground. It bounces off up off the chest of the shortstop straight to the second baseman who's standing on the back who then turns the double play in your unconventional 6-4-3. And then uh, what happens is we have a couple of guys get on for Waynesboro with two outs after that and then a three-run bomb uh, from Joey Kinker. And in that moment you could just feel the air leave Stanton's sails. And I think once the game was tied, I, I had no doubt what was going to happen. Um, so we move on to extra innings. In extra innings, the Waynesboro Generals get a leadoff double. Well, then they sack him over to third. And then they try the safety squeeze. Um, the ball gets bunted straight back to the pitcher. The guy... Gets thrown out trying to score. Now we have two down a runner on first. And I'm thinking, okay, Stanton's going to find a way out of this, maybe find a way to score in the bottom. Uh, Waynesboro tries to steal second. When they do that, the catcher overthrows second, uh, goes into center field. The runner then heads to third. The center fielder overruns the ball. So then the runner scores to give Waynesboro that 7-6 lead. And they go on to win the ball game by that score, 7-6, shutting Stanton down in the bottom of the 10th for uh, a remarkable comeback and another victory for Waynesboro. They would beat Stanton again later in the season, uh, or later in the week. So they are 5-0, and I believe, now against the Stanton Braves, which, you know, if you're Stanton, that's not a good look. You're at the halfway point of the year. You're now in last, which is... Two and eight in your last ten. Uh, a game out of the playoffs. Harrisonburg and Covington 
tied for the you know third and fourth seed in the South. Waynesboro, we we mentioned it, guys, that teams weren't really separating themselves. Um, this week was kind of separation week, I guess. Strasburg rattled off something insane, like eleven straight wins before finally losing last night. They're sixteen and six. They've got a four and a half game lead on Woodstock, who's in second in the North. Uh, Newmarket is six and a half. Percival seven and a half as we are just passing the halfway point. Winchester is a half game out of the playoffs and front Royal. They are three games out of the playoffs. Waynesboro. I mentioned they are the leaders in the South at 15 and eight. They have just a half game advantage over Charlottesville. Who's 14 and eight. Harrisonburg is 12 and 11 with Covington. As I mentioned, those two teams just ahead of Stanton, who's 11 and 12. Um, But going back to that other game really quickly, I want to, play our interview that we got from Joey Kinker uh, for the audience. And uh, of course, after that, we will be breaking down what are the most important answers that we always get. But here is the interview with Joey Kinker. Joey Kinker of the Waynesboro Generals with us. Joey, you had a heck of a night at the plate. Three hits, two doubles, and of course, the three-run homer there in the ninth. Uh, Let's go back to the ninth first. What was going through your mind when you came up to the plate there? Uh, just not trying to do too much, just trying to get a good pitch to hit and put a good swing on it, and that ended up working out, just trying to uh, do whatever I can to help the team, so I ended up helping them out. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> putting it over there in the pine trees, but um, I want to talk to you, you know, about your experience here with the Waynesboro General so far this season and, and how you're enjoying it in the summer. Oh, the summer's been awesome so far. I know the, co- the coaches have been great to me. I've, been, I've uh, definitely already gotten better, stronger. Uh, and just kind of trying to keep that mojo going throughout the whole summer. It's been pretty good. And, uh, you know, with a win like that, you know, the coach talked about it. You guys, he thought, seemed a little like zombies is the word he kept using at the beginning, and then you guys sparked it. Uh, what, in your mind, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but what sparked the late-game rally for you guys in your mind? I mean, the last two games have been really fun. I mean, uh, regardless of, of uh, what happens before the game, when it, when it comes down to crunch time, uh, we've, we've really found a way to battle and kind of string stuff together and, and just kind of find a way to win. And so it's been really cool to see with different people stepping up and whatnot. All right. Well, we'll ask you a couple just for fun questions that we ask everybody here. Uh, first one, what is your favorite animated Disney movie? Lion King. Yes. All right. That was the right answer. And then what is a song that you like that you're afraid to admit to other people? Um... Red wine. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good luck the rest of the way, Jerry. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. So he gave us, you know, the baseball answers, which we always appreciate the guys talking to us. Um, Disney movie was Lion King, and that is the correct answer, is it not? Dave. Yeah, I mean, Lion King is one of the most classic Disney movies. They got the new live Lion King getting ready to come out, getting everybody excited for it again. So you can't go wrong with the Lion King. Brad, uh, I know you kind of feel the same way I do about this. Lion King is the correct answer when we ask. I mean, it's an opinion question, and of course, you know, you're, we want honesty, but when somebody says the Lion King, they're correct. Well, I mean, like Dave said, I mean, the Lion King is one of the instant classics that you think of when you think of Disney animated movie. So, I mean, it's, I think it's at the top of, you know, a lot of people's lists. And if it's not at the top, it's pretty darn close. And uh, like Dave said, with the, with the live action movie coming out, yeah, I think that uh, 
you know, people are definitely remembering it more now. And I've been actually watching it recently because it's been coming on TV. So I guess we actually shouldn't call it a live action movie. Right. Because it's definitely a CGI action movie. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although, if they found a way to get (laughs) a live action Lion King filmed without anyone being, you know, killed. In the making without of without harming any animals oh. in the making. Well, it'd be impossible to do the harming without harming animals. I mean, Scar's got to go. They might, have, they might have to have a few like commands on deck. Yeah. Something you know, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his song choice was interesting. It's a new one. Um, "Red Red Wine" by UB40. Are you even? Do, when I say that, you guys do know the song I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. How do we feel no, about I'm it? I mean, I like the song. I think it's a good I think it's a good song, but how do you guys feel about it, Brad? I mean, I love it. I you know, again, like Dave and I had talked about uh, this weekend, there's songs that you just forget about <laughs> that they even exist. And then you hear them and you just you know all the words, but why? Cuz you don't listen to it that often. And like that's one of those, I think. What do you think, Dave? Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like it doesn't really uh, belong in the DLT pleasure categories or anything. Uh, wow. It's kind of a, a song people don't really think about, but a lot of people know it. Okay. Well, again, we appreciate Joey Kinker's honesty. Um, we're going to play an interview from Zach Cole here as well, um, as he's made yet another appearance here on the podcast. Coach Zach Cole of the Waynesboro Generals joining us again. And, uh, Coach... Wow, you guys are making it interesting coming back. Another walk-off win tonight in extras. Uh, talk about this game first off. Well, first of all, i, I got to get my, my toms right tonight. You guys got me on the last one. I was, <laughs> you always stump me with these questions. I don't know. So, no, but back to the game. I mean, you know, we, we've had some, some bad luck in some close games, and that's what I'm calling. I mean, we had the bases loaded in like a two-to-one game with Newmarket in the seventh inning in the doubleheader game and weren't able to get it done with one out. You know, and then I think the second game was two to one, and we had some runners on in the seventh and had scoring opportunities. So, you know, we've just been preaching to our guys how to how to win those moments, and you don't do that by you know we I call it hero ball. Like, you know, I know it turned into Joey being the hero tonight, but there, guys had to do things in front of him, you know, for him the opportunity to hit a three run homer. He, that, if that's a solo home run, you know, we're just congratulating him in the dugout, but it doesn't really do anything to affect the game. You know, two guys had to get on in front of him for it to be a three run home run. So, you know, we were just preaching to our guys they've got to stay focused and understand how to how to process information through the end of that game take what's been given to him pass it next guy don't be the last out you know fortunately you know we got the bat into the stick on a couple early and then you know two to go our way in these last two days but you know we after that four and a half hour game last night our guys just looked dead for the first part of the game and that's I was dead you know if I'm being honest with you so you know it was just I'm just glad that our guys showed a great competitive effort at the end and stepped up when it mattered and showed you know the spirit that it takes to be successful that's what I'm proud of. Coach, I want to ask you, you know, on the coaching end, you were kind of in one of those situations where if it worked, you looked like a genius, but because it didn't, some people might have been scratching their heads when you try to squeeze there and the bottom of the, or top of the 10th, excuse me, and then it ended up being the second out of the inning. And then, of course, it ended up working out. But what was going through your mind before the stolen base that turned all the way from first to home? Well, you know, there's a lot that goes into pregame prep of understanding your player. So, you know, if I can add some context to that so I don't get called a dummy too much, you know, <laughs> Brad, Brad Burkell had 16, I think it was 16 sack bunts at Houston 
that's a lot. You know what I mean? So that guy is an experienced bunter. And, you know, in my experience with safety squeezes, it, it's really hard to defend mm-hmm. if you don't bunt it back to the pitcher. You know, and he, he you know, it is what it's baseball, man. These are yeah. young kids. You know, he bunted it back to the pitcher. It is what it is. But like you said, I mean, if he bunts that ball to the first baseman and we walk in behind it and we score the run, everybody's hooting and hollering and everybody's calling me a genius. It didn't work out that way. And we were very, very fortunate, you know, that Brad kept his head in the game, didn't, didn't pout because he didn't get that job done. He got to first base. He was going to be determined to get his way in a scoring position right there with Katie up. And then it turned into something positive happened for us. But, you know, I will make a note, you know, when you win games like that, everybody says, oh, well, the other team gave it to you. Well, we also threw a ball away in the freaking third inning or whatever, fifth inning or whatever that was that gave up some runs. So, I mean, both sides had some errors that contributed. I felt like the difference, and and maybe, you know, maybe they're going to call me a homer for saying this, but I felt like the difference was that, you know, early in the game, we looked like zombies. And late in the game, our guys woke up and and they were competitive. And that's what we're begging. Not begging. That's what we require of them. We're, you know, if they want to play for me, they want to play for Waynesboro. They want to play for our coaching staff. They've got to be highly competitive dudes that want to be out there. And Nick Zegna, then that dude had the look in his eye, man. Like he was locked in. You know, I went down to Tyler Howard, pitching coach, and I asked him, you know, what does Zegs look like? And he said, put him in. And so, you know, those are the kind of things like that kid wanted to be out. Like he was not scared. He did not back down. He goes in one, two, three in a game like that. That's awesome. All right, coach. We fooled you on a couple. We're gonna try again here. Hot dogs, ketchup or mustard? Both, and chili. Oh, okay, all right. Well, thanks yeah. for talking to us, Coach. Oh, yeah. See you guys next <laughs> yeah. time. And again, we always appreciate Coach Cole uh, talking to us after games and even when he's got off days, uh, the few times we've called him. But guys, um, he went with ketchup and mustard, and then he threw chili on top of it. Uh, so he's going all in with the chili dog. I'm not expecting yeah, it's uh, you know it's getting dangerously close to the works there. Um, I don't. I've never really heard of anyone doing ketchup with their chili on their hot dog, but I mean, I guess you know it's something that I'll have to try because you know they'll not get to try it. But I don't know. Usually, usually not a fan of ketchup on my hot dog, so I'm a I'm a big mustard guy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put hot dogs. Oh, you put ketchup on your hot dogs too? I do. I usually put ketchup, mustard. Relish. Whoa. See, I'm mustard and onions only. What do you put on yours, Brad? Um, usually mustard. Um, and that's if I'm it? feeling a lot of times, yes. Okay. Sometimes I'll go onions. Um, if I'm feeling like I really want to shake things up, and know you're gonna, you're not gonna like this, Joe. But just Dave might be able to appreciate a little bit. Nacho cheese. Ew, get out. Get out. That is un-American. Hey. That is disgusting. Ew. No. I've never tried the nacho cheese on a hot dog. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've done it. I've done it. McAdoo's on their gourmet hot dog, too. Gourmet hot dog. Gross. Oh, my gosh. That is upsetting. I don't even know if we're related anymore. But if you really want it to be good, here's what I say. Throw out the hot dog altogether. Give me a brat or a nice sausage. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's ideal. And some peppers and onions on that. Yeah, I mean, that's ideal. And then you throw mustard on, yeah, like you said, mustard, onions, and peppers. You go throw a nacho cheese on that, too? No, that would just, you know, it's... You American-hating baseball fan? That's gross. (laughs) Dave, 
now let's i mean brad did bring in the wild card you know obviously we're all settling for hot dogs here but are you brat slash sausage guy over hot dog as well oh for sure yeah okay i mean i think that's universal speaking i got an option oh yeah sure 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 all right guys well i i think we know that the our favorite player in the history of the valley league is ray hernandez um, anyone who has listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that uh, he is an annual interview. I think he's become more than just a favorite player and, you know, definitely s- someone I would consider a friend to us. Um, we definitely stay in touch with him throughout the year. And uh, I know when we get to watch him, it's really cool for us. We went down to Pulaski to what is maybe the nicest uh, rookie ballpark in the country. Uh, I haven't been to all of them, but I'm willing to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that's got to be up there. If it's not number one, it's definitely top three uh, at Calfee Park, which has come a long way since it first opened. Um, and we watched the Danville Braves, which Ray Hernandez is a part of, take on the Pulaski Yankees. Uh, now, the game you guys went to, Ray did not play, um, but we got to see Calfee Park. And let's just talk about, I guess, I want to know your guys' experience at Pulaski. Uh, we'll start with Dave. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised with the ballpark. Uh, I've never really been through Pulaski before, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, it's kind of out there by itself. There's not a whole lot to see or do around Pulaski. And then you just come upon this ballpark that looks like you're at some, you know, double-A, triple-A ballpark. Uh, great seats, great atmosphere, Soundboard guy was loving life up there with all of his video edits. Um, so yeah, they're definitely it's definitely a cool place to go. If you live in Pulaski, you got you got a lot of fun baseball games to go to. What did you think, Brad? Um, yeah, I mean, with the stadium being relatively new, um, I know they made some changes to it. I'll let you talk about when you were there before it, Joe. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they, they've got a really nice facility. Um, I was actually really impressed at the playing field surface. It looked like something you would see, like, I guess, pretty darn close to the majors, if not in the majors. I mean, that grass was cut very, very thin, or short, I mean, not thin, um, very short. Um, looks like the dirt was well-kept. Um, look, looked like you weren't going to get any really bad hops, no surprises, at the playing surface. Um, and that's something that I always try to look at whenever I go to a baseball stadium is just does the playing surface pass the eye test. And to me, it definitely did. And, uh, um, I mean, the great facilities for the fans, they had nets extended all the way down to protect everyone. And, uh, you know, I know that's a debate in the majors. Uh, nobody seemed to have a problem with it. Um, they even had a net above the concessions area to protect fans from foul balls there. Um, it was it was really cool. I didn't expect that from Pulaski. Uh, but, yeah, like um, they, the coolest part, I think, was the fake cat that they had on the wall in right field <laughs> to keep yes. the birds away. And when you noticed that and pointed it out, I, I was cracking up. I, I loved it. Yeah, I didn't – I got to be honest. Um, our uncle pointed it out to me, uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah. And um, now I pointed out to you guys that that is pretty cool. 
Yeah, Brad, uh, before I move on to my first trip to Calfee Park, I do want to talk about um, what you brought up with the Nets. I, I don't know how I was able to enjoy that game so much with the net being in the way, um, because I've been told that it would just ruin my experience. Um, you know, I've sat behind Nets pretty much a lot of baseball games, including a lot of Valley League games, because we like to sit uh, behind home or close to behind home as we can when we go to those games. And somehow we still enjoy the game when we're watching it. Um, and somehow Major League Baseball still believes that home plate is the most high-priced seat in the park, and that's behind a net. But somehow extending it to the foul poles would somehow ruin uh, Major League Baseball in a way that could not be helped. Um, it, they fight it almost as hard as they fight the DH, which I truly, truly don't understand either argument. Um, but I... The net one to me is a safety issue. You're you're having a problem getting fans out to the park. The average age of your fan is getting older and older. So one way would be to make it safe for people to bring their kids, and you're going to do something to stop that. I Major League Baseball baffles me sometimes, and this is one of those that I don't know if I can ever see the other side of the argument in a logical way. I mean, when it, yeah, when it comes to the safety of the fans, I mean, you know, that should be kind of the top priority, uh, protecting those playing the game and those there to watch. And I mean, when it comes to a safety issue, I don't see how they can go against that ever. Um, <clears throat> it would be cool if they could like install some kind of thing where like maybe a, like a small section of it can be taken down kind of before and or after the games where that way players don't have to go all the way down to somewhere where they can't get to the fans to interact with them. Um, that would be like my only thing about that would just be the interactions with the players. Well, I mean, they can interact with them at the outfield wall. Well, in some stadiums, the outfield wall is unrealistically too high to interact with a player or something like know. that. Or sometimes the stands are kind of back a little ways from the wall. I don't know. I, I think if that's the biggest problem, I think. It's well, I mean, a I don't see argument. why they can't come up with some kind of section that can go up or down before and or after. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about all this, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's one of those things where um, it feels like there won't be action until something horrible happens. Um, well, I, I'm not even I'll sure of that now because that little girl's fractured her skull she's having seizures since the incident and major league baseball still came out and said no we're not going to extend the nets yeah i guess the main reason like brad said i didn't really thought of that to brought it up uh is all the fan interaction like before games and i guess even during the innings there's some but you would think there'd be a way to like fold up half of the bottom of the bed or something right uh, man i just don't understand i know and the other argument I, I hate is, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, people should be paying attention. I'm like, okay, but a hundred mile an hour line drive coming right at somebody. Yeah. So we're going to get hit a child or not an athlete. That's just there to watch. And, Even you know, an adult could also, get hurt paying attention to the game. Yeah. But also <clears throat> as an adult, you have to pay attention to your kid too. Yeah. What were you trying to say, Dave? Well, you're paying attention and on a little kid and didn't bring your glove to the game. Oh yeah. Try to catch it with your bare hand. It's not going to feel great. Oh, it's going to break your hand. I mean, a hundred mile an hour line drive. And that's the thing. Some of these guys are hitting the ball a hundred miles an hour and 
that's coming at fans. And I, I just, I know some, a lot of these old guys think that if they had the right high school coach, they'd be playing major league baseball right now. But the fact is that's not true. And they're going to get hurt too. And I, Dave, I, I guess the one thing that you didn't say is it's going to take somebody to get killed before major league baseball is going to say, Oh yeah, maybe we should put up nets. And at that point, I hope major league baseball gets sued and I hope they lose a lot of money over it because it's a neglect issue at this point. And after that hot take, we'll move on to the Valley uh, Baseball League All-Star Game. Or actually, here's um, I want to talk about Calfee Park, and then we'll listen to Ray before we move on to the Valley Baseball League All-Star Game. But the first time I went, I think Pulaski was the Mariners. I mean, they weren't even the Yankees. I think they were the Pulaski Mariners. And uh, our friend Ryan Reed, who we've had on here before, just to poke fun at him because he likes old-school baseball better than new-school baseball, um, he went with me, and... I think it was the Danville Braves actually by coincidence is who they were playing. And there were concrete slabs for seats in general admission, which was most of the stadium. The only chairbacks were behind home plate uh, in a small reserved section. And I mean, we had a good time. It was still fun watching baseball because we're baseball fans. But yeah, when I walked into the stadium, I was like, yo, this is completely different. There was um, the video screen was new. The scoreboard was new. The wall, I I don't know. Maybe the wall was the same, but it just felt new. Uh, the seats, there were seats everywhere. There was no concrete slabs. Um, and the reserve section was huge. I mean, it wasn't a small little area now. In general, admission's small. Um, but it was a very cool atmosphere, and I'm I'm glad we were all able to make it to at least one of the games. I did watch Ray on uh, Saturday. Uh, it was not his best night, but you know what? That's baseball. Um, people go through slumps. I know we're all pulling for Ray. Uh, we've we've seen him do it at this level. Opening day, he had that grand slam, six RBIs. So we know he can do it. It's just a question of getting back into that rhythm and being able to get that back going again. Um, but now we're going to play the interview with Ray. We have Ray Hernandez, now of the Danville Braves, with us here on 4D Sports. Ray? Let's talk about that opening day, a grand slam, six RBIs on opening day. Wow, what a way to start your Danville Brave career. Yeah, it was sweet. Um, it was nice because, well, it was bittersweet because the night before was supposed to be opening day, <clears throat> but it got rained out. So we had to do um, a doubleheader the next day. So it was just nice. It was, it was, I was happy to, to get to, like I said in, in, the, like in, the, in the video that you've seen, that I got to impose my will. You don't always get to do that. But I'm happy that I got to get a pitch that I was looking for. I got it, and I got to, you know, have the, the result that I wanted. Ray, uh, what's it like in Danville so far? Um, I know that this is, you know, obviously in your goal it's to make it to the majors. This is one of those stops. It's your second stop on the way. Um, talk about what it's like and how it's different than the Gulf Coast League. Ooh, uh, it's way better than the Gulf Coast League. I'm not afraid to say that at all. Like, for example, like tonight, like this, this is a – very nice. I've got some double-A places. And yeah, I don't want to say any names. I don't want to you know, throw it under the bus. But this place is nice. The Yankees have a really, really good place here. And, and it's fun. Even though I didn't play tonight, I'll definitely get in tomorrow. Like, hey, it's, it's, just a really, it's a really, really good place to play. The GCL, there's no fans. There's no booing when the umpire doesn't do, go their way. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Even though today's game wasn't the most exciting game, that game in a GCL, in the GCL environment, would be awful. And it's just... And it's just it's, it's just great. Like, now I feel like I'm playing professional baseball, which is great, which is that it's even though 
things aren't really going my way right now. I'm hitting the ball really hard, just kind of right at people, which is really frustrating. Um, it's just sweet. Like, I'm living literally the dream. I'm going to continue. We're not making a lot of money, but that's all right, because that, th- these things are going to come in the future. And you just got to, you know, it's my responsibility to, you know, fulfill my potential. And in this environment that I'm in, it might not be, you know, million fans or anything crazy like that. But it, there is fans and there is something to play for. And even tonight, being first base coach, I was, we're in the game, like, it's just a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun, for sure. Ray, uh, obviously, you know, we're a podcast that focuses a lot on the Valley League. You're a guy who went through four years of college before getting drafted. Um, do you have a message for the guys that maybe still be in the Valley League going that same kind of route? Like, they're in college now, they've finished their junior year, they didn't get drafted where they want to, or they didn't get drafted at all. What kind of message would you tell them? I'll, I'll tell them to keep working, because the only thing that you miss out on which is a pretty big thing, but what you miss out on drafting your senior year as opposed to your junior year, it's just money. But you have to have a serious conversation with yourself. And I mean, what is it? What does it really matter having, let's say, because a million dollars signing bonus, that type of stuff doesn't happen after your senior year. It doesn't work like that. So what you're missing out on, if you didn't get drafted your junior year, then you weren't going to get that money regardless. To be honest with yourself, what you want is opportunity. You know, if I would have got drafted my junior year after that first Valley League season. There's no guarantee that I would have, you know, actually, matter of fact, that was after my sophomore year, my first Valley year, where I hit 16 home runs and I broke all these records. If I would have got drafted then, I wouldn't have gone through the real hard, really rough season I had my junior year, which that really showed, for example, right now I'm not playing every day, and I know exactly how to get through this. And if I was just a star and just hit the ball like crazy everywhere, I'd get to this environment and be crushed. I'd be like, man, why am I not playing every day? So one advice I can give them is, it's not over, like, and it's, and and you decide when it's over. So if you're playing and you're, oh man, I didn't get drafted junior year, so what? I got my degree and, I'm, and I have to tell you right now, if I would have got drafted my junior year, I, there's no way I would have gone back and got my degree. That degree is, is, is incredibly important because even though I don't have, let's say the pressure, there's different kinds of pressures depending on each player here. First, first rounders have the pressure of just being a first rounder and getting, even though they got a whole lot of money, they play, it's a little bit less pressure, you know, regardless if they make it or not, they're gonna have, a, you know, some good stuff to fall back on. But when I have my degree, that's a different kind of pressure. Now what I'm trying to do is, you know, um, prove people wrong. And that's a different kind of motivation. A lot of times that's exactly the motivation that you want. <clears throat> Go to your senior year. Regard- There's guys that, that are playing on this team. Some guys went to huge SEC schools and some guys that came from junior college, some guys that played NAI, some guys that played D3. Like once you're here, it doesn't matter. And that's the one thing I can give you. Like just just don't, don't quit. Don't quit. You have a chance still to do a senior year, which is <clears throat> a lot of teams, and, you, and you've seen it, we've t- literally talked about this, how teams love to get the cheap senior signs, guys that are, have experience, guys like me, they spend no money on them, let's see what they do. And if you do good, they're gonna keep moving you up. So it's just, it's, it's not over yet. And it's over when you decide it's over. So when you decide, okay, I, you know, <clears throat> this isn't going right for me, that's when it's over. But for now, you got, you have, there's infinite possibilities of how this senior year can go for you. You can get your degree. If you, don't, if you can't get your degree, fine. You have one last shot to just do literally everything you can to get a chance to play Pro Bowl. All right, Ray, we'll get you out of here on some for fun questions. It was Star Wars night here at Calfee Park. Uh, what are your favorite five Star Wars characters? Okay, I can give you... <clears throat> now, the movies and the video games are a lot different. One That's video... True. Now, me and my, step, <clears throat> my stepbrothers and my sister used to play Star Wars Battlefront on PlayStation 2 like yes. crazy, but... Battlefront 2, you can use Jedi and Sith Lords, and you can do like, I forgot, I think, I forgot what the game was, I think Assault, and you can kind of play with those, so, 
it's gonna be I'm not gonna have any like um, like how when I said Hercules like kind of I'm not gonna it's gonna be people who know like I like Jango Jango Fett and Boba Fett like I, those are I like that kind of I, I will always like that kind of character characters that are like mercenaries just kind of do it for money <laughs> that kind of character is it's a it's just a it's a good character because you can put that almost in any kind of setting so I like those kind of characters um, I like General Grievous I'm gonna mostly pick bad guys too so General yeah. Grievous oh, is good guys. yeah yeah General Grievous is ugh. like. If you watch episode three, like that's one of the that's one of my favorite movies in general. He's like, it's all scary, but that's a that's a scary person. Right? That's a robot, not even a person. And then um, I like Anakin right before he's turning into Darth Vader. I really really like that kind of Anakin. Um, how many is that? That's four. Yeah. Ooh man. I'm not gonna say Yoda. I don't. I, no. I would say something like. I don't know, man. I like. I'll say. A tough one for number one, this is a tough one, but I'll say, I'll say Darth Maul. I like that. Yes. I like the, I like the two, like the lightsaber with two ends. And it's, it's all, I mean, that those those movies I like a lot more than the prequels. Are they called? No, 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 prequels are the newer ones. Yeah, I like the prequels, all of them. I like, I, I'm not like people that say that you know, the first one's bad. And I like all of them, I like every single one of them. Phantom Menace, I like all of them. So, yeah, I like them. I like them the most. I think I, if I could, if I could pick one, I'll say just Anakin. In episode three, right before he's turning into Darth Vader, when he's kind of like against everything, that's a strong character. I like, I really enjoy that. Yeah. All right, last one. What is your batter intro this year, Ray? My oh, so I I had, and this is, I used to have. Um, what did I have? I just changed it. Okay. Because I started struggling, but I I started off with um, Twista, which uh, overnight celebrity Twista with Kanye West, and they kind of rough thing about the Appalachian League is you can't have lyrics. It's only instrumentals. I don't know if we you noticed, noticed that. We yeah. did notice yeah, that. Yeah, it's yep. only instrumentals. <laughs> so I changed it to Tatiana by Blueface. <laughs> I love it, right? And it's a good it's a, it's a good beat. It's a good beat. So I just, I enjoy that beat. And it's kind of a funny thing. So yeah, I changed it to that song. So I haven't used it yet. Next home game, obviously, we'll have it, but that's what I have for now. Because that, that's subject to change, for real. All right. Well, thanks, Ray, for talking to us again. Good luck. Thanks, man. As always, it's great to hear from Ray. Um, one thing I want to mention before we get to the, you know, just for fun questions we ask him, and it's getting hard to find just for fun questions for Ray because we have him on so much. Um, but, you know, he mentioned to guys not to give up. You know, if this is truly your dream, um, just keep working at it and you have to believe in yourself. And I thought that was a great message to send to some of these guys, maybe playing. Uh, you know, their last year of eligibility in the Valley Baseball League and going into that senior year of college uh, when when a lot of people expect to be drafted before their senior year of college uh, to the Major League Baseball draft. But he did mention um, the batter intros are just instrumentals. That is something we picked up on. Some players are better at picking for that than others. Um, and I... He gave us a hilarious answer. I just busted out laughing when he told us what it was. I mean, how do you feel about that song, Dave? Have you heard that song? I don't think I have. Didn't I, though? Brad? Um, I mean, it didn't really click with me when he said it. All right. So, so I know you loved it, but I don't, you're going to have to like sing a little bit of it or something. I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah. it's, it's an instrumental for a reason. Uh, in the Appalachian League. But, um, well, you guys will have some homework to listen to it, I guess, uh, before the next time we talk to Ray. But 
the other was important. It was Star Wars night, the night you guys were there. We asked him about his fave five. Um, he went Boba Jenga Fett. Um, love Boba. Jenga, I just don't have the attachment to because I haven't seen him in as, in as many movies. Um, but also... Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, but also... <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? The way they're doing it now, no one ever dies, so why not? Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> but... um. Also, Robot Chicken's Boba Fett has been great. Um, and then he went with young Anakin right before he turns into Darth Vader, um, which was interesting. Um, and he, his reasoning behind it was interesting because he very specifically didn't say Darth Vader, which I think is maybe one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Right. One of like everybody's, I think. Yeah. What did you think of that, Dave? You don't you don't hear too many people throw out that they like Anakin in the prequels. Yeah, uh, so it's interesting to hear Ray's different take. Pretty much because all of his uh, faves are prequel characters except for Boba. Yeah, well, and then he said um, he doubled down and said he loved the prequels, which <laughs> ooh, uh, episode two is hard for me to get through. Episode three, okay. Episode one, eh. Episode two, please stop. I found it interesting, his whole breakdown into the Anakin situation, where he says it's just such a great, strong character to have in the story because, you know, he's a very vulnerable guy going through a lot, and he's just trying to do the best for the people close to him. That is a that is an interesting answer. I've never viewed Anakin in that light. I've just viewed Anakin as kind of selfish, but yeah, I get it. Uh, after hearing Ray's breakdown, I kind of understand the other side of it. Um, and look, it, you know, Ray loves the prequels. That's awesome. Um, I can't get through them uh, without wanting to pull my hair out some, but I'm glad Ray enjoys them, which brings us to our next. You mentioned that they're all prequel characters, which is kind of a spoiler, but General Grievous, and I will give him this. General, his top two are good answers. Um, General Grievous is a terrifying character. He oh, is yeah, like... like half human, <laughs> half robot. It's terrifying. You don't hear very many people talk about him, really. But I mean, <laughs> underrated. Yeah, definitely, definitely scary. I mean, he's got four arms coming at you with four lightsabers. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, this is totally crazy. The would dude you... survives a little bit in space. Yeah. I. What do you think about it, Dave? Yeah, I like me some Grievous. I never get uh, why. He's like a robot with a human heart. Yeah. I remember if they ever explained that. Yeah. I don't know if I need that explained. It's like the force. It was better when I didn't know. So I'm afraid if they try to explain it, it's going to just be terrible. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, And then his favorite is by far the best character in the prequels. And maybe if if I was going to say there's a villain better than Darth Vader, it's Darth Maul. And of course, uh, he I has the you were shortest say child Anakin. No, when you said best by far. Oh gosh, no. Um, but <laughs> um, he's got the shortest lifespan. Um, wow, I just Darth Maul was so cool. Uh, he brought the dual lightsabers into existence. Oh, very cool, dude. Uh, the little horns. Loved yeah. Darth Maul, Dave. Ray pointed out the Battlefront games, Darth Maul's the character you always kind of gradually go to in those games just because he's so fun to play with. 
Yes. Because he's so crazy. And he did mention he was talking about Battlefront 2 on PlayStation 2, which, yes, when they were on PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 made by LucasArts, those were far superior games. We'll talk about that here in a second, I feel like. But, Brad, Darth Maul. Yeah. Um, this is like really short screen time. Um, one of the most badass uh, villains in the whole franchise. Uh, super terrifying looking. Um, I know that if you haven't seen this, if you go actually look up what he was supposed to look like even before that, he looked even more terrifying. Um, <laughs> but so cool. Um, really, really underrated, I think, as well. And when you when you go back and you do play that Battlefront 2 and you choose him in that little heroes versus villain fighting mode, um, you choose him because he's got that two-sided lightsaber and all the quick all the quick movements. You can take down almost any of the Jedi in no time. Yeah, they are just mincemeat. Uh, the Jedi are mincemeat when you go out there with Darth Maul. And the PlayStation 2 version is better. I mean, Dave, I don't know if you played the PlayStation 2 version. I know Brad and I both did, and I think we're very much in agreement on this. It's night and day. Battlefront 1 on PlayStation 2, if they found a way to convert it to PS4, even on PlayStation 2 graphics, I would play that over the Battlefronts they have now. Oh, dude, the Hall of Death. The Hall of Death and Bespin, dude. Cloud platform <laughs> map, you are going out the window because everyone's go to move is grenades in a hallway. Your own, your own team's grenades will blow you out the window. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Dave, did you have a chance to play these on PlayStation 2? I don't think I ever did. Okay, well, we still have a PlayStation 2 somewhere. We'll have to find the games. Oh, I think I know where they are. Yeah, we'll have to dig that out and we'll have to get Dave over for a PlayStation 2. Battlefront and Battlefront 2 day. Oh my gosh. The hard part's going to be finding controllers at work. Also true. Man, upsetting. Isn't the PS5 supposed to be backwards compatible though? So it's all good. <sighs> okay, yeah. I just have to spend, I don't know how much money yet. But, all right. Well, let's move on now to the Valley Baseball League All-Star Game now that we're done talking about Star Wars. Uh, and again, thanks to Ray. Uh, he's a great dude. Uh, if you ever get the chance to run into him in person, he is such an awesome guy. I know... We, I know I'm hoping to get back down to Danville maybe one weekend and see him. I know there's not another weekend series in Pulaski, um, but maybe get down there for a day to watch him. Uh, they're playing Danville or something. But, guys, the Valley Baseball League All-Star teams were released this weekend, and they've come as follows. First for the North, at catcher Nick Tony of Strasburg and Isaac Kionis of Woodstock. Jimmy Goldsmith of Winchester and Sonny Dicharia of Strasburg. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for these names if I mispronounce them. Um, oh, there's look, one name I thought was going to be coming up later. We need to interview. <laughs> yeah, we need to interview. Is that what you said? Yeah, so I, you can see how many different ways I try to pronounce it before I get it right. <laughs> um, Dylan Menehenet. Of Front Royal, Mason. Yeah, you heard it. Mason Prasoski of Winchester, Jose Aquino of Percival, the league leader in home runs, William Escala of Woodstock. Front Royal has third base on lockdown with Carson Bell and Trey Dabney. Strasburg of third base also on the team. We have um, in Strasburg's third baseman is Griffin Cheney. 
Aiden Nagel of Woodstock, Jonas Seegers of Newmarket, Josh Cox of Newmarket, Caleb Ward, who is the league leader in batting average of Woodstock, Tyler Johnson of Strasburg. Then we go to the pitchers. Michael Anderson of Winchester, Bryce O'Brien of Strasburg is the league leader in ERAs, uh, Shane Scott of Front Royal, Tristan Bayless of Woodstock, Sam Prince of Newmarket, Travis Keyes of Percival, Mason Kinney of Strasburg, Edwin Serrano of Newmarket, and Seth Comer of Woodstock. That rounds out your North All-Stars. Now we move on to the South. Wes Clark, player we have interviewed of Waynesboro. He is catcher. Logan Amiss of Covington. Andrew Check of Stanton. Josh Madoli of Harrisonburg. McCann Mellett of Harrisonburg is at second. Trey McDyer of Charlottesville is at second. Kobe Lopez of Waynesboro is at short. Kent Rooklyn of Stanton is at short. Thomas Francisco of Charlottesville is at third. Also at third is Christian Torres of Covington. Now we move to the outfield. Jed Bryant of Harrisonburg. Logan Worley of Stanton. And this is the one that Dave was referring to. I'm almost positive. Matthew Cochia DeFerro of Covington. Jackson Tate of Waynesboro. Kirby McMullen of Charlottesville and Dominic Baselli of Covington. Then we go to the mound. We have Caleb King of the Lumberjacks, Jacob Ferris of Harrisonburg, who has been pitching straight gas, Lillam Grubbs of Stanton, McLean Harris of Waynesboro, Joe Sprake of Charlottesville, Alex Hope of Harrisonburg, Ron Brown of Stanton, Matt Mercer from the Generals, and Antonio Balducci of Charlottesville. So those are the all-star lineups. And guys, I think, you know, when we look at this, we mentioned earlier in the year, it seemed like the South was maybe better uh, teams because they had a lot more with winning records. Stanton is under 500. They're the only team under 500 in the South. Everybody else is above 500 in the North right now. It's just Strasburg and Woodstock. But Strasburg's the best team in the league right now at 16-6. and six. They actually came out, I believe it was 13th in the inaugural national rankings from CollegiateSummerBaseball.com. Um, pretty impressive, the Strasburg Express have been. Uh, and I know that we're trying to, we haven't seen half the teams yet this year, and we're trying to, you know, give you an idea of what might happen in this game. But I would still say advantage to the South just because of the number of talented teams they have managed to put together. But... I'm telling you, those Strasburg players are really, really good. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, like you said, we haven't got to see uh, a lot of baseball yet this year in the Valley. Um, but yeah, looking at the stat line, it is surprising and, and good to see all those teams up there. With Stanton being the only team on the South Under. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, uh, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, Strasburg is always kind of one of those teams that's just up there contending for something in the North and, you know, really for most of their existence, I know they're somewhat of a newer kind of team, at least, you know, they, they weren't in existence when we were kids growing up watching right, in relative to the rest um, of the league. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that they've been so good for most of their existence and, you know, they always find a way to put some, some kind of quality group on the field to compete. And, uh, you know, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to the South as well. Um, just because I think I've seen more of the 
South players play this year so far. And uh, I, I don't know. I just I like their high high average their high average guys that are up and just mashing the ball. All right. Well, I know we're gonna try to make it out there. That game is on Sunday, uh, July the eighth. Or that's not correct. Sunday, July the seventh. I was gonna say <laughs> July the eighth is Monday. So Sunday, July the seventh. Uh, we're gonna try to make it out there. I know that we've got. Uh, we're all gonna be at the same place on Saturday. Uh, busy Saturday, but um, hopefully we can make it out there to the All Star Game and check that out. Guys, speaking of All Star Games. The other all-star game, the Major League Baseball all-star game, announced their players. Um, the home run derby is just ridiculous. I don't even want to watch it. Um, because Wait, who's in the home run derby? Nobody. <laughs> Josh Bell. Well, is that like, can't be right. Josh Bell is one of the guys being touted. Um, Vlad Jr. Uh, Acuna's in it. He not all that good. Vlad Jr.'s in it. Acuna Jr. Uh, or Ronald Acuna's in it. Um I can't remember who else. Uh, no stars. Yeah. Zero stars. Pete Alonzo. What, Dave? Carlos Santana, Pete Alonzo, and Yelich. Yelich is in it? I didn't see Yelich. Yeah. Okay, well... well he hasn't, he's historically not done so great in the home run derby, though. But I am excited to see him. Um, I do like Christian Yelich. Okay, so one star, and everybody else is a bozo. <laughs> but let's go through... Let's go through the starters here. Uh, for the AL at catcher, Gary Sanchez of the New York Yankees, Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. I I got to be honest, guys. I think advantage, and Dave's going to hate me for this, advantage NL. Why would you hate me for that? Because it's a Cubs player. Yeah, I don't. I'm not fond of the Cubs, but I would probably agree. Contreras is probably a better all-around uh, hitting catcher. Sanchez has been pretty hot this year, but he does have a lot of strikeouts. Not that Contreras doesn't. And, all right, Brad, are you making it unanimous? or I'm going to go ahead and make it unanimous just because I'm not really personally a huge fan of the Gare Bear. No. First base, the American League is putting out Carlos Santana of the Cleveland Indians, the National League, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves, advantage National League. Dave. For sure. Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it unanimous. Um, I've I've had Carlos Santana on my fantasy team. He's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Second base, American League, DJ LeMahieu, New York Yankees, National League, Cattell Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks. A little bit of bias comes into this. I'm going to say advantage NL. I like Marte. He's young. He's going to be a star if he stays healthy in this league. Uh, he's also on the Scranton Stranglers. So let's go, Marte. Dave. Yes, I'm glad Marte got in. Um, I feel like this has got to be his first All Star game. It is. He's having a really good year. Lemayhu, you look at him, he's batting 345, which is crazy. Um, but both of those guys are pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I I still think Jose Altuve is better than him. I would have started Jose Altuve over him. Um, I I think DJ LeMahieu is the wrong choice. Jose Altuve is not going to Cleveland. What? <laughs> He's on the team, is he? 
Altuve. He was second in voting. Did Jose Altuve not get picked for the team? Because that would be a big snub. Did he get bumped out so some other team could have so that the Orioles could possibly have one guy on the team? That's offensive. Well, I mean, yeah, I think LTV is great, but I think DJ LeMahieu does deserve to be there this year. I think, you know, that average is high enough to definitely say that he deserves a spot. And um, I like DJ LeMahieu, so I'm going to, I'm actually going to take him over Marte in the, as the advantage. So. Okay. We're moving to third base, which might be the most interesting debate of all. Uh, AL Alex Bregman, Houston Astros, NL Nolan Arenado, Colorado Rockies. I'd say advantage. I'm taking Arenado. I do think he's better than Bregman, but I do like Bregman a lot. Yeah, Bregman's bad in 266, dude. I know Dave doesn't like Bregman. (laughs) Why are you a hater, dude? I'm not on the Bregman train. He's 22 homers is the most among third basemen. He shouldn't even be starting, dude. Matt Chapman's got 21. He's at 270. It's a little better. Put a little Stella in at third base. He plays third base. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of Arenado as well. I'm I'm going to give the advantage there uh, by a long shot. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, Arenado is one of those guys that's pretty solid every year. All right. Moving on in the infield. Shortstop. Jorge Polanco of the Minnesota Twins going up against Javi Baez of the Cubs. This time I will go advantage AL, Jorge Polanco. Yeah, I agree. I've seen this as his first all-star game. And I have him on my fantasy team. He's like the dude gets two hits every game. Are you going unanimous? This past week. Um, Yeah, I'll make it unanimous. We are straight unanimous here so far. (laughs) All right. Here are the three outfielders for the American League. Mike Trout, George Springer, Michael Brantley. Here are the three outfielders for the National League. Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Ronald Acuna Jr. Advantage decisively. Decisively. It's not. Decisively. It's National League. Mike Trout is good. Why is George Springer starting? I don't like George Springer. I I don't like that he's actually as good as he is, but I don't think he's actually even all that great. I just don't like him. Dave? Yeah, I think the NL definitely has. I mean, Bellinger is having a breakout big year. Yelich, of course, is continuing his MVP year that he's having a crazy year. And then you got Acuna with more pop for the Braves. Uh, like you said, other than Trout, Springer and Brantley are good. But I think Brantley's pretty good. He's usually consistent. He's okay. Yeah, I don't know if I would start him. He's consistent as long as he stays healthy, which he's done pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, Yelich, Bellinger, and Acuna Jr. Those are two, three, and four in the battle of one through six. Uh, and to me, it's not even close. So... Guys, I'm. We went through this. It sounds like advantage NL. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you even like, I assume if I was the manager, I'd probably give Josh Bell the DH spot for the NL. 
That's true. The AL was decided. It was Hunter Pence, which, what? Um, but he's still not off the DL. Oh, yeah. he's supposed to come back soon. So fan voting's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know about that. But we'll. It remains to be seen who's going to start and who's going to actually be on the All Star game or on on the All Star team. Because even though they've announced the initial All Star rosters, someone always gets in or gets dropped uh, at the last minute too. So we'll have to see what the rest of the reserves look like. Um, but man. I think this might be the year the National League finally wins. Yeah, a lot of times when you look at the lineups, it seems like the AL has all the firepower and like big home run guys and everything. But when you look at the lineups this year, I think you can definitely say the NL has the better looking lineup. Brad? Yeah, I think the NL definitely has the edge in this um, by a good bit. Um, I don't know. The AL usually seems to surprise me in some way though um who knows i'm I'm hoping it's a good game something i'll actually want to keep watching pretty now, far into the game now brad it's easy to say this right now because the orioles are not going to the world series and they've changed that the all-star game does not decide home field advantage anymore but let's decide that they did change it back and the orioles were a real contender to make it to the world series Aaron Judge hitting the winning home run for the American League is what had to ha- is what would have to happen for the Orioles to have home field potentially have home field advantage in the World Series. Would you want it to happen? No, I agree. I'll take that fourth game on the road. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see Aaron Judge. I hate Aaron Judge. I do not <laughs> yeah, like the that's Yankees. That's the face of baseball. It's an ugly. It's an ugly game. Then. Yeah, Christian Yelich is the face of baseball. That guy's taken over. Mookie Betts, too. I don't want Mookie Betts to be involved. Because he's Boston and they're just as bad. I don't I don't want Boston or New York to be involved in the Orioles potentially. He uses that ever. axe bat, though. <laughs> cool. But anyway, there's your Valley League All-Star preview. There is uh, a little bit of Valley League talk from the Stanton-Waynesboro game. We talked to Ray, and then we broke down the MLB All-Star game for you there at the end. So we hope you enjoyed it again. Uh, This has been 40 Sports. Find us on Twitter at 40 underscore sports or on Facebook, 40 Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, retweet, share. However you find us, be sure to spread it to your friends and family so we can get even more people to listen and potentially go out to some of these Valley League games because it's great baseball. So if you have the opportunity, the All-Star Game in Harrisonburg on Sunday, be sure to get out there and take it all in with the best the Valley has to offer. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening to 40 Sports. Good night.